Next on BYU Sports Nation, New York Times best-selling author and Fox Sports college football reporter Bruce Feldman joins the show. Why he has BYU as a top four candidate for Big 12 Conference expansion, and does Taysom Hill fit his mold as a quote-unquote modern quarterback? Plus, how do you handle the pressure of pitching in a home run derby contest? And Tyler Hawes found a new home for the NBA Summer League. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Michael Elisa. BYU Sports Nation, back to work, live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, Tuesday, June 30th, the final day of June. Wherever and however you're dialing, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Sand Dune Sprint Champion, mm. Michael Elisa. Very proud of that. Okay, you were fresh off a of vacation to Michigan. Yeah. And the Sleeping Bear Sand Dunes. Yeah. How that, did that Elisa, National Park. How did that Elisa family tradition start? So it's my mom's great-grandfather, long story short, built a summer cabin, a cottage, what have you, on a lake up there. So... It's just stayed in the family ever since. We go up there all the time, and that's one of our traditions. We race down the sand dunes. Yeah, so I'm perusing social media, and I see Michael Elisa lined up against one of his family members and just start booking it down <laughs> this sand dune, and I'm like, what in the heck is going on here? Yeah, and we're very skilled. We've been doing this for years. You know, <laughs> When we were little, we used to fall on our face, get mouthfuls of sand on the daily, but now, now we're a little more coordinated, a little more agile. Did you feel like you had elite speed running down that sand I, dune? There's no doubt in my mind, Spencer. I was the most. I, I am the elite sand dune runner. If there's anyone out there who thinks they can run sand dunes faster than Michael Lisa, let me know. Let's the go. challenge has been issued. Meet him at the Sleeping Bear Sand Dunes. Yeah, give me a few days. I still need a little vacation from my vacation. I'm a little worn out from that, but uh, yeah, let me know and I'll, I'll meet you at the dunes. Just, almost, just doing it. Almost everybody. <laughs> almost everybody says that. Need a vacation for vacation, but it's yeah, very true. It is true. Here are your BYU Sports Nation headlines. <laughs> Tyler Hawes has confirmed to BYU Sports Nation that he will play for the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Las Vegas Summer League. Perhaps that's LeBron exciting. will be in attendance watching. No, that's not going to well, happen. Is he? Isn't he leaving? But still, but yeah. still, Tyler Hawes now has a home for NBA Summer League ball. The dream lives on. Bleacher Report ranks BYU as Nebraska's fourth toughest opponent this season. I like that. And calls Taysom a dark horse Heisman candidate. Fourth toughest behind Michigan State, Wisconsin, and an away game at Miami. Ahead of 6P5, so some respect certainly for BYU in that Bleacher Report article. Taylor Cole in the minor leagues, former BYU baseball player, pitched six and one-third innings, had seven strikeouts in a 3-2 to two loss for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. T. Cole. Gordy Bravo went 0-2 in a loss for Team Mexico versus the U.S. in the World Cup of softball. Bravo and Mexico face Japan today. There are your BYU Sports Nation headlines, and now it is time to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The secret to keeping Taysom Hill healthy. Okay, quick question. Are you 100%? Yes. Okay, there you go. Yes. Taysom Hill is 100%. You know, let's keep it that way. But how is the question? And one of the biggest questions going into the 2015 football season is, what is the key to keeping Taysom Hill healthy? And on cue, Michael, that leads us to our Twitter question. Yeah, what is the key to keeping Taysom Hill healthy? I like what Tasha Lynn, 19, said. One word, slide. Okay, that's, that's going to be a common answer. 
because we've heard about it from Bronco Mendenhall and from Taysom and from Robert and I, like the emphasis on getting down. And our, our answer to that, warm, but that's not it. It's part. It's kind of kind, part kind of, of it. Sort, sort yeah. of, you're on the right track. At jmort 7 make sure Utah State's Brian Sweet is not a fifth-year senior. Oh. Public enemy number one on BYU Sports Nation. Both injuries were flukes. Oh, by the way, know the victory formation signal. Also, a <laughs> sad reality dating back to 2012. We won't, we won't spend much time on that. Again, most of you are thinking, well, the answer is easy, Spencer. It's easy. Slide. Mm-hmm. Run less. Mm-hmm. Okay, certainly, those play an impact. Those will have an impact on the season. But what is the number one way to keep Taysom healthy? Well, it starts with taking less hits, and that brings us to less quarterback, quarterback sacks. sacks. Number one, he's the quarterback. And he told us last week he, he wants to throw the ball a lot, okay? So less quarterback sacks. He sat in Studio B and talked about what priority number one is. Listen to this. We need to be smart about it. I certainly need to be smart about it. And if I am running, um, hopefully it's because I see a huge opening. I see a huge window. And it'll, it'll allow me to get 10, 15 yards and then slide. Taysom told us that he is working very hard to get rid of the ball quickly. He knows it. What are one of, what's one of his flaws? That. He, he has a tendency to hold on to the ball because he's a playmaker. And, and he's confident in his talent. He has a lot of talents okay, that, that make him hard to tackle. Now, I think that his biggest strength may also play into being his biggest weakness. Certainly. Certainly. And so he's tr- what he told us last week is he's trying to manage the instinct, the instinct to run in- instead of, you know, just make the easier play. Sometimes it's okay to not try and make the hero play. And that's it's hard to do when you're able when you can bust off a home run play yeah, like you can. You do it on the daily. You know you can do it and you know your team needs you to do it. So how do you tell yourself to hold back a little bit? Yeah, we talked to him about the specifics that he's been working on over the summer and getting healthy is number one. But he said, I've been working a lot on understanding the playbook and getting rid of the ball quickly. Okay. What makes Tom Brady so great in the NFL? He's lightning fast in his decision-making better yet. Let's take a look at some of the dual threat quarterbacks that were elite in college. They all have a common theme, Michael low number of sacks, Tim Tebow 0.96 sacks per game at Florida, but Colin Kaepernick, at Nevada, not a football mm-hmm. powerhouse, 1.09 sacks per game. I, I doubt he had a great line over there. Even the guys that ran a ton, Marcus Mariota and Robert Griffin III, okay, 1.61 for Mariota, 1.75 sacks per game for Griffin III, who had a horrendous offensive line, by the mm-hmm. way. Okay, 1.75. Taysom Hill, 2.37. He was on a quip in 2014 in the five games that he started, basically three sacks per game. Mm. Gosh. Okay, if you feel pressure, guess what? If you feel pressure and you're getting sacked, what do you want to do? Run. Run! You want to run, especially if you're a fast quarterback. You want to get out of there. And you don't want to go through your progression. And, and here's the thing. As a running back, I just got to say, you want the ball. And, but the, the, sad, the sad lives of a running back is that we're the last check in a, in a quarterback's progression. So he's checking his Y receivers, X receiver, whatever. And then his safety valve 
is me or Jamal or Algie Brown or Adam Hina. You got Adam Hina and Jamal back there, two fast guys who can catch the ball. And I need to see Taysom dish the ball out a little more often. When he has that instinct to run because he's gotten sacked so many times, he needs to dish the ball to a safety valve because that's what it's there for. If Let you, them take the hits. If They're you're built for that. not feeling comfortable in the pocket and you feel that pressure and the blitz is coming, and some of this is on Taysom, and he's, he's referenced that. He's like, you know, some of it's on me. I've held on to the ball too long. He has said that a number of times, including on this show. Guess what? Like, it's going to be hard to not want to scramble and run, and you're going to get hit more. It's going to happen. So it starts with making the quick decision, getting rid of the ball, using the running backs as an outlet. Like, mm-hmm. make the hot read. Make mm-hmm. the hot read. Mm-hmm. I know you want to bust the home run play because it's, it's in the, your blood as a quarterback. Like, let's go for the noggin, man. Let's go for the neck, the stranglehold. But for Taysom, right now, and including last year, he's just being sacked way too many times. And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 14 sacks. Taysom Hill was sacked 14 times in five starts last season. He didn't finish the entire Utah State game, played almost a half. Like I said, about three sacks per game last year. And Michael, that's on a team that you were on. You were 4-0. Yeah. With Taysom getting sacked like that. Three times a game. If I'm – if so before we play a game – I'm just going to go to defense. So I, I was many... running back. Let me, let me go to defense really quick. Okay. Okay. Before you play a team, defensive coordinator walks in. Your position coach walks in and says, guys, we're playing this team this year. We've broken down the film. Quarterback's been getting sacked this many times. All of you guys are ready to eat. And if you're, if you're a team playing against BYU those first four games, you see that Taysom's been getting sacked three times per game. You know those guys, those linebackers, those defensive ends are just licking their chops because you're guaranteed to get a chance of getting a sack. That game. You're going to have some free reign to the quarterback. You, yeah. you know that because of what's happened. You're right. Like, there's a good chance that you're going to get to Taysom Hill. Not to mention the number of plays that were called for him to be the primary runner. And then the sacks that he eluded to pick up a few yards. He just, he's taken a ton of hits. And, and you know, uh, beyond the sacks, let's, let's think about all the, just the hits he's taken. Yeah. Like, beyond the sacks and the tackles, balls he's gotten off and then gets hit. You know, when guys are one step within him, you can't take that much of a punishment as a quarterback. As a running back, I remember waking up the day after a game, you can't even move. You can literally not even get out of bed. Now, Taysom is playing the life of a running back, but he, and he is also getting sacked defenseless, standing in a pocket. So he's getting twice the amount of hits that a running back is getting. Here's why I feel really confident about Taysom's ability to stay healthy in 2015. He is now understanding. And in conversations I've had with him, one-on-one, just shooting the breeze, he knows what he wants to do and what he needs to do. And that is, he says, I want to pass the ball more. I want to be a quarterback. I want to get rid of the ball faster. That right there will eliminate some of those sacks. If you make a quick read, guess what? You, I don't care how fast you are. I don't care if you're Julius Peppers or whoever, an elite pass rusher in the NFL. You're not getting to a quarterback that makes a split-second decision. Now, if Taysom really said that, which I, you know, I still, I need to see it to believe it that, that that's okay. his new way of playing. If he's going, he's saying that right now. You know who the happiest man in the room is right now? Jamal Williams. Getting the ball. He's going to get the ball more, and that's the running back. That's why we sign up for that job. You want the <laughs> ball in your hands so you can help your team make make big plays. So, 
I want to see the ball get to some running backs a little more. I want, Look, I want to see that safety valve utilized. Yeah, we, we get it. We get it. Telling Taysom Hill not to run, which is an amazing attribute that he has, if not the best, is like telling a guy like Mark McGuire, like, hey, don't worry about hitting home runs. Don't try and hit a home run. Like, what? Like, yeah, what are you, what are you yeah, yeah, just get on base. Guess what? Mark McGuire had some amazing at-bats that were not home runs in his Major League Baseball career. Point is, Taysom Hill can be effective and elite, not always trying to hit the home run play. And I feel like he's telling me the truth when he says, I'm just, I am doing the cliche thing as a quarterback. I am going to take what the defense gives me, the quick reads, the hot route. And he told us Coach and I is going to call less running plays for Taysom to be the primary runner. That right there will eliminate some of the hits. Okay, so this, these are all reasons why I'm feeling better about Taysom Hill staying healthy and taking less quarterback sacks. Now let's hear some of your opinions on our Twitter question today, which is what is the key to keeping Taysom Hill healthy in 2015? It's winter time. Kelly underscore BYU fan. Put him in a bubble and let him do nothing related to football. What? <laughs> Taters is an elite or is an athlete. Let him play his game. Okay, so there. So she's she is trolling a bit here, which is well played, Kelly. Okay, like don't let him do anything. We know he wants to run, but he told us last week he wants. He's a quarterback first. He wants to throw the ball. Awesome. I support that 100%. At Naleto, the rest of the team performing so he doesn't feel like he has to be the only one on the team to make a play in every critical situation. That is true. Taysom has been relied on to win games many times. I can see why that's kind of become a habit. Let Jamal do Jamal. Mitch do Mitch. Mm -hmm. You got ballers around you, man. Absolutely. We'll talk more Taysom and Big 12 expansion with Fox Sports' Bruce Feldman in 20 minutes. But next, it's BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. You can join us anytime you feel like it, day or night, 24-7, using the hashtag BYUSN. You can also purchase BYU Sports Nation swag 24-7 from the BYU Store. Get your blue goggles. Get your blue goggle t-shirts. Get your wristbands. More things to come. We promise. Okay, we're just getting started with this BYUSN swag thing. Pick it up at the BYU store. Our Twitter question today, what is the key to keeping BYU quarterback Taysom Hill healthy in 2015? At Derek Scher says he has been working on his throwing all offseason for a reason. Throw more, have less designed runs, which is exactly what he told us was going to happen. Now, will we see that on the field is your question. Well, here's, here's what I'm telling you is one of our bread and butter plays is the read option. Where if, he, if there's no opening, Taysom has to run it. How about you give the ball to Jamal more often than not? <laughs> Yeah. Even if there's no hole, just, just hand it off. <laughs> well, that's tough. Again, that's just like the killer instinct that he has. And I'm like, I can make a huge play right here. I can make a huge play. But I think there will be less called read option, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. I hope so. We'll see. How do you keep Taysom Hill healthy? Send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. A healthy man... Looking good in his summer gear, Mike Littlewood, BYU baseball coach in Studio B. Coach, uh, first of all, I just want to compliment you now publicly on uh, your your choice of summer outfit. Well, that's so here, nice here. of you. I really appreciate it. In St. George, this was my summer, winter, and everything outfit. So oh, I'm, I'm anti-pants, really. Long, anti-pants. long pants, I really am. Yeah, so anytime I can wear shorts, shorts are that's on. That's where you're going. Yeah. Will you, okay, when, when you are pitching to Colton Shaver – at the Home Run Derby, what, what is your outfit of choice? 
Well, it's not my choice. I have to wear gray pants, and uh, they give me a jersey and a, and a hat, I guess. Also, so. no BYU representation. Like. Colton will. Yeah, Colton's going to have full cream cream home uniform on, and, and he'll wear the, the Navy hat. Uh, and that's, gonna, that's what he's going to wear. So I don't know what they'll give me. Just whatever they give me, I put on and wear. So I don't think I'll really be on the camera a whole lot, so it's not going to matter, really. <laughs> well, hopefully you don't, unless it's like, you know, a really bad picture. By the way, are you, you going to try to – Throw a little curveball in there? No, I don't think I'll throw any any curveballs. You know, I, it's funny because I when I told when I talked to Colton, I'm like, "Hey, your dad can do it, Trent can do it, or I can do it. Either one." So Trent Trent's gone recruiting this weekend in Phoenix, and uh, I think we know what he said about his dad. He's like, maybe not wouldn't last <laughs> too long throwing BP He's to him. So too much to me. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's going to be fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a. They're trying to stretch this thing out. We leave early tomorrow morning and get back Friday for, uh, what, maybe 10 minutes of BP, something like that. But, uh, hey, I'm all in. We're ready to do it. What makes you the ideal selection to be his home run derby pitcher? Probably because I throw a lot slower than Trent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we. it's amazing. The The radar gun's always on during BP pregame, and I'll run it up there about 55, 56. That's my BP. And this is from, like, what, 45 feet or something like that. But Trent's 58, 60 miles an hour, and if you think and you think it's not, that's not very hard. Get out. It's like running the the 40. I mean, you think you can run this, and you think like 60 is not really hard. But when you get out there and try to throw it on a on a gun, it's pretty darn tough, especially when you're throwing like 500 pitches at a time. So Trent kind of Trent runs it up there a little bit, but I'm, I'm pretty easy to hit. Throw it right down the middle, let him hit it as far as I can. What's the key to success for Colton Shaver at the Home Run Derby? You know. It's getting lift on the ball. I told him a couple of weeks ago, hey, start getting that upswing a little bit. And, uh, and really, that's the key to it. He, he has that as a, as a middle-of-the-order hitter, that type of hitter. A lot of, t- a lot of guys we tell, like, say, Brennan Lund, we don't want him to hit the ball in the air. Hayden Nielsen, we don't want him to hit the ball in the air. Colton's a guy that we don't want him to hit the ball on the ground. We want him, <laughs> we want him to get backspin and hit the ball in the air. And he's kind of got a natural – the natural baseball swing has about a 5- to 7-degree upswing. Uh, anyway, and um, you know, if we can get maybe ten to fifteen percent from him, uh, ten ten to fifteen degrees, he'll hit some balls out. Naturally, he's just a strong guy. He's going to hit them a long way. Yeah. What are his actual chances of winning? I mean, I think they're great. I really do. Um, it, and and to be honest with you, I don't even know who else is in it. I don't it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't matter yeah. who else is in it. It's just a matter of honestly getting the pitch that he likes, getting some up in the zone, and letting him you know try to hit the ball in the air a little bit. But um, they get to use uh, they they don't have to use BB Core certified bats and so they'll they'll there's gonna be some home runs hit that night. We asked Colton about his most memorable home runs from his freshman season and he very quickly pointed out the home runs that he hit <laughs> yeah. in the games against Utah, which yeah. was a great answer. Yeah. Well, that made us think this morning. What about the fabulous Mike Littlewood? What was your most memorable home run as a player at any level? Um, well, I would say. In pro ball, my which I only hit like three or four, but my first my first home run, I think it was in Burlington, and I hit a sign in left center field that that got me a steak dinner at like Golden Corral. <laughs> so that was usually our dinners, Danny and I, and, and we had Tyson, our our youngest, our oldest boy at the time. But uh, usually it was like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which we got stolen one day in Wausau, Wisconsin. Out of our that was our our entire 
this this was our lunch and dinner, uh, and it got stolen out of our car. So this was awesome to have a steak dinner that we could share at the Golden Corral. Who steals a PB and J out of a yeah. car? That is un-American. And the change out of it, the, they stole the and it, you know it was like a, a Volkswagen Fox, just a beat down Volkswagen Fox <laughs> with no air conditioning. They steal the they steal the change out of the change box, and they steal our. Our sack lunches, so <laughs> somebody kidding? was more hungry than we were that day. But yeah. it was it was a pretty disappointing day, and I probably went over four, knowing knowing me. So bad day. <laughs> You'll have those from time yeah, to time. Yeah, absolutely. I get it. And trust me, I'm getting stuff stolen. I'm I'm <laughs> ramped up about that recently from what went down for me in Miami. Um, okay, we you told us about your most memorable home run as a player. What about from the last season? Watching from the sidelines as a coach, what uh, what home run sticks out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the way that that Colton went about his business against the Utah schools, um, and I think uh, down at Smith's Ballpark, his couple home runs the first day, it was like that put him on the map. I think really, it's uh, like wow, this kid can hit. You know, he can really hit. He's just not a guy who in high school he got walked forty times intentionally, and and then they would just throw a fastball eighty two and he'd hit it out. So you wondered how that would transfer to to really good college pitching, and it has. I mean, he's he can hit at this level, and and that's what was so impressive to me. Is there anything that you're looking for specifically? I'll oh, go ahead. Let me back up. Jarrett Jarvis's home run is probably the most memorable below the the game winner against St. Mary's. St. Mary's. It encapsulized his whole entire career. It was it was pretty awesome. So. Okay, I was gonna that I was, was gonna awesome. yeah, yeah was that gonna was pretty that, awesome. That one was pretty fantastic yeah. in the makeup game, no less. Yep. Uh, all coaches are looking to better their programs at all times. You have an opportunity now to go to Omaha. I don't know how much time you're going to spend there, but uh, what kind of things are you looking for to to better your program by attending the College World Series? Yeah, well, you know, this is the College World Series is over, so it's really not going to be the same atmosphere. Right. Um, but uh, we, it's it's interesting you ask that question because now we we're starting to understand what we need in our program to make us better and to get to that next level. And right now we've got we've got plenty of position players coming in. We've done a great job recruiting position players. We're going to be too deep at each spot. Lack of depth has been one of our big issues the last couple of years, um, especially position player wise. I mean, we'd lose a guy and it'd be really tough to put another guy in. And All like we Eric lost Uri. Eric Urey this year, yeah. And it was just not that we didn't have good players, but it's just unseasoned guys, brand new guys who didn't have a lot of experience. We'll be able to to do that. Right now, it's pitching. It's all about pitching. We. We're trying to find left-handers that can match up uh, during the game, and uh, we're trying to find some really good starting pitching. We've got we've got Kendall Moats coming in, who's you know 90-94 guy, JC transfer, and, and a lot of good freshmen. So that's the, that's our key right now is building on on in our pitching staff. I think that's where it begins and ends in every baseball game. Colton Mahoney was just drafted by the New York Yankees, which is just. The irony involved in that is amazing. He's a lifetime, lifelong Boston Red yeah, Sox fan. Yeah. Until now, he's one of a handful of guys that are uh, now trying to make it at the next level. When you look at all of the guys that you coached or didn't coach, but BYU alums in the minor leagues playing now, which player do you feel like will have the fastest track to the major leagues? I would say probably Adam Miller. Uh, in talking to, to, to people in the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks organization, he, so he's in Double A. And he's closing right now. The big thing about him is he's he's 98 to 100 every night, <laughs> and uh, he's throwing strikes. So uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't get a chance this year in the big wow. leagues. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't totally surprise me. And there's a lot of there's a lot of jump from from Double A to to the major leagues. You don't necessarily have to go to Triple A, and he might be one of those guys that makes that skip. So. 
Uh, and, and Jacob Brugman is really swinging at 280 at the All-Star break. Um, he's probably the next guy to get there, I would think. Adam's gonna, Adam Law is going to be kind of a, a utility guy, I would think. That's what, it, that's what they're doing with him right now. Um, Hanneman just needs a lot of at-bats, so he might take a little bit longer. But, uh, and then Colton Mahoney, he's struggling his first outing, came back and, and had a good outing a couple nights ago. I'm really proud of the way the guys are going about it. You know, the one, the one kick on BYU when guys would get drafted is it wasn't really a priority to them. They'd go and play, and, and uh, there's actually a couple guys that quit after like a couple months. It's not good for uh, – you just end up not getting guys drafted after that if, if they're questionable. So these guys are doing a great job, and, and not only for themselves, but they're, they're making BYU look good. Joining us now is BYU baseball coach Mike Littlewood. He will pitch to Colton Shaver, the freshman All-American, according to Louisville Slugger, at the Home Run Derby in Omaha, Nebraska, this Thursday. He has confirmed to us he will not throw any curveballs, no chin music. There will not be a no-hitter pitched in a Home Run Derby. I didn't say no chin music. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, Colton could wear one that night. Yeah, you never know. (laughs) How closely – well, let's let's finish with this. Uh, We've only got a few seconds, but – how much time can you really spend following these guys in the minor leagues? Um, every single day I do. Awesome. I've, got, I've got the MILB app, and I follow them every single night. Shoot them a text probably every at least twice a week. Fantastic. So, yeah. That Love is commitment that. from a coach and why we have Mike Littlewood in studio uh, every week. Well, mostly every week. <laughs> you still want to do that over the summer perhaps? Hey, I'll do it whenever you guys want okay. me. All yeah. right. We'll see if we can work out. Yeah. So now when I, it's two months later, I'll, I'll know that you don't want me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll see you next fall. <laughs> Coach, good luck at the Home Run Derby Thanks, uh, to guys. both you and Colton Shaver. Up Thanks. next, what makes BYU attractive to the Big 12 Conference and what might be hurting them in possible expansion? We'll ask Fox Sports College football writer Bruce Feldman. Joins us next on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, sports friends Spencer Linton and Michael Alisa in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes. You can stream it on BYUSportsNation.com. If you miss any of today's show or any BYU Sports Nation, you can catch up on demand by downloading our podcast on iTunes or by visiting BYUTV.org and watching episodes there. Joining us now is New York Times bestselling author and Fox Sports college football writer Bruce Feldman. Bruce recently wrote the book The QB, The Making of Modern Quarterbacks on every major bookstore shelf right now. Great read. Bruce, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Good to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me. All right, your colleague Stuart Mandel warned you about the BYU fan base <laughs> last week on your podcast, The Audible. Are you ready for this? I think so. I, I think so. <laughs> Let's start with the subject matter of that podcast and uh, the once again ramped up Big 12 expansion talks uh, basically for the 73rd time in 74 days or something like that. Uh, again, you recently hosted it with Stuart Mandel and George Schroeder from the USA Today talking about the top four teams that would be fit for Big 12 expansion. You had BYU as your fourth best fit for the conference. Why did you have the Cougars there behind the likes of UCF and Memphis and uh, Cincinnati? A couple of things. So Florida is, a, uh, is an area where a lot of schools have wanted to get into expanding. Um, you know, a lot of schools recruit in the state of Florida. That's a big, big pitch. Uh, you know, it gets them closer to West Virginia, which is an outlier right now geographically. So I think that 
UCF uh, facilities and resources wise. It's a huge school. There's a you know um, it's a huge school enrollment wise, facilities wise is good. Um, it's had success on the field in the last few years under George O'Leary too. So um, it's not to say it's a perfect case. As Stu pointed out, they're not very good in basketball. That's the biggest drawback. Uh, you know, when you look at Cincinnati, Cincinnati has had some success under Tommy Tuberville. Uh, you know, it's very close to West Virginia. Again, geographic partner makes some sense. They've been very good in basketball. Um, so that made, it made some sense. Memphis, which is really good in basketball over the years, uh, is also geographically makes more sense. Now, football-wise, they have struggled, but last year, you know, they they did have some success under Justin Fuente. They've they've committed to ramping up facilities, which is a positive. Uh, I had BYU fourth for a couple of separate reasons here. Now, geographically, it's a it's a trickier fit because it's going much further west. Uh, not playing games on Sundays, which affects other sports, is is a challenge. I think, um, and you know, football wise, I think. They're better than anybody because of the history and because what Bronco Mendenhall has done. Uh, and I think they're a consistently legit top 20 team, but there's so many other factors in there that I think make it a little more challenging. The other one, too, is if you look at some of the places where the schools in those those areas recruit, now they're, they're going to live off of Texas because that's, that's really in the footprint there. But Florida is a much more desirable place for a lot of these other schools to try and recruit, whether it's not just West Virginia, but, but Iowa State, Kansas. Um, they're still going to still gonna try to get in there because Florida is known as such a speed state, and it produces per capita pretty much more, more high-level football than anywhere. Bruce, what's the trigger that would cause the Big 12 to expand? I think the concerns is that when – you know, there's a kind of a shift coming, whether it's uh, TV contracts coming up or towards the end of the of the the bowl, the the uh, playoff system getting kind of renegotiated. They're going to be worried that the Big 12 will again get picked apart, which was a concern before. And I think you have a lot of uh, you know, starting with David Boren, the president of OU. There's a feeling of there's a little bit of an inferiority feeling uh, complex right now that, hey, we're at 10, we're the smallest of the Power Five, and and we're a little vulnerable. When you look at the future of college football, let's just say in five years, Bruce, uh, given that you have been an insider for a number of years and uh, are currently doing that and writing for Fox College Sports, where do you see college football in terms of Power Five conferences in five years? It's a good question. I'm not... You know, it's, the one thing that I think is tricky with, with this realignment stuff is you hear, I don't know if you want to say it's spin, but you hear a lot of people saying one thing, and, you know, and I'm talking about not reporters, I'm talking about uh, administrators at schools or powerful boosters. They'll say one thing, and then all of a sudden, you know, the rug will get pulled out from under them. And I think it's not necessarily because these people lie, but I think some of the power brokers. Uh, it's a very cutthroat business, of, of, and it is a business, of, of what works for somebody may not work for somebody else. I mean, a lot of people thought that the ACC was going to be on shaky ground, and it managed to come out of a lot of this unscathed, and it ended up poaching other leagues. So I think that's where it's really hard to predict. My, my gut feeling is that, is that the Big 12 will expand. Now, will they expand to 12? Will they expand you know, to 14? I doubt it. My guess is they'll go to 12. Uh, I don't know who else would grow. I don't see the Big Ten, 
you know, they added Rutgers and added uh, Maryland. I don't see the Big Ten reaching for other schools because they, they're a little more traditional in how they operate. I don't, I don't know if the Pac-12 would grow much more out of, you know, who else is out there for them. You know, BYU in that regard, because obviously Utah is already out there. Colorado is not that far away. You look at some of the other places, but it's, you know, the, the West is so spread out. I don't think there's a lot of other places that make sense. I mean, Boise State's football program is terrific. Their fan base is really passionate. Uh, but you look, there's a lot of other things that factor into this. And one of the big things is, and I, and I, you know, I think we could probably talk more about this is, is the eyeballs. You hear this term footprint, but the eyeballs of who comes in and and how many people are gonna are gonna matter for your next TV contract. I mean, for the University of Houston, which a lot of their fans have said, how come you didn't include us? Well. Yeah, I like Tom Herman. I think that they've made some 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 good strides in the last five years. You know, they're changing changed ads, but they already have that that uh, that quotient in the TV contract. It's not like the University of Houston is going to is going to bring much more than University of Texas slash TCU slash Texas Tech slash Baylor is already committed to that area. So it's just not you know, necessarily bringing a chip you don't have. And I think, you know, that's something that people need to keep in mind. And I think until the until all this realignment talk in the last, you know, half dozen years, a lot of people outside of, you know, the power brokers themselves never really heard the term footprint as it related to college athletics. I have a quick question. Can the Big 12, can they survive if they don't expand? That, you know, that's the question. I mean, that's, that is... Something that I think concerns a lot of people there. I mean, who knows? It was like, well, was Texas and Oklahoma going to leave? Because, you know, as good as Kansas basketball is, one thing we have had hammered home in the last, you know, half dozen years is that it's football that drives the boat. It's not basketball. So Kansas by itself, sorry, Bill Self, but, you know, it would it would be reeling from, from that if it got – if the football power house – schools decided to go someplace else. You know, I think Bob Bowlesby's a strong leader and I think he's helped. I think I think Dan Beebe, who is the old Big 12 commissioner, probably didn't get enough credit. He became kind of a punchline or you know, uh, to a lot of people, but I think he did a better job of pretty pretty messy situation given the climate that was going on then. Fox Sports College football analyst Bruce Feldman with us on BYU Sports Nation. You can follow him on Twitter at Bruce Feldman CFB. Are we on a crash course for 16-team super conferences at any point? I, I, I had thought that because then you'd have, you know, four, somebody else would go, would go away or get diminished. But I, I don't know. I feel confident that we're on a, more of a course for an eight-team playoff eventually okay. as opposed to four teams. Um, but so much is up in the air. I feel like we're all kind of guessing at that because – we don't know, you know, this is a weird game of poker that these some of these guys, whether it's Jim Delaney or Bob Bowlesby or some of the more more uh, politically charged school presidents are kind of looking at each other. And I don't think a lot of these guys trust each other after, after what's happened in the last 10 years. Now, speaking of Jim Delaney, he is now quickly approaching a new TV deal in the Big Ten Conference, which I'm sure is going to be ridiculously large and will have an impact on, on what happens here. Now, if... If Jim Delaney pulls the trigger and, and goes to 16 teams, do you think that 
would be the trigger that would launch another shift in college football? It would. I mean, if they were to do that, I don't know which of the four teams you're talking about adding. You know, is he going to say, hey, we got Iowa, we're going to add Iowa State? I'm not sure that's, you know, a, a sexy enough move. You know, the, the the big fish out there for a lot of years had been Notre Dame, but Notre Dame's, you know, even though in football they're an independent, they're still, you know, other, other sports are kind of tied into the ACC. So I look at it and say, well, you know, Pittsburgh is now in the ACC. I don't know where they would get, you know, to add a couple of other teams to go to go to 16. I'm not sure which the you know which the couple others they would bring on make the most sense for them to make that move and split up the pie a little more. Yeah, and I, I only ask that uh, because of what David Bourne, the Oklahoma president, said is, and that is, there there might be more money if there are more teams in the conference, specifically in the Big 12's case. Who knows? I mean, I don't if know they're what the right, if are. they're the right teams, but I don't know if there's there's not enough there's not a school out there that's another Texas. Or even another, um, you know, another Florida State. You know, Florida State couldn't get out two or three years ago. How many years ago? You know, some of their boosters started to really, really chafe about their situation. So I don't see another one out there that's like that. I mean, I don't see Clemson up and going to the Big Twelve or you know something like that. That that is desirable for a, for a lot of reasons and and brings and would bring more bring a lot more money to to change their equation. Let's uh switch gears here now Bruce and talk about something that you have spent on a number of years and a lot of time studying and that is the quarterback position especially in the modern era. When you look at Taysom Hill as a quarterback at BYU, what do you see in him as his greatest strength and perhaps his greatest flaw? Uh his greatest strength is I think he is incredibly tough. You know, look, I, I ran into Bronco Mendenhall at the conference meetings in Arizona probably a month ago, and I, I knew he was a terrific athlete. He was a guy who was on my Heisman top five before he got injured. and uh, But I didn't know he was the fastest guy on the team. I mean, BYU has some athletes there. It's like, well, I didn't know he was – I knew he was fast. I didn't realize he was that fast. And, um, you know, he – because I'd seen him play, I'd seen a bunch of the BYU games on TV last year, and was just kind of so wowed by him. You know, like I think there's a comparison a lot of people are going to make, which is to Tim Tebow, because he's a tough, tough guy who runs it really well. It's not like he's just a get outside the tackles guy. Uh, he'll run over some people. Um, you know, and I think, in a, but I think he's a better athlete than Tim Tebow. I think he has a gear maybe that you know Tim Tebow would, would run. They'd run the power with him. And basically, he was the short yardage guy. I mean, Taysom Hill does run away from some guys. Now, whether he runs away from some guys as a four-five-five guy or a four-three-nine guy, I mean, he's still you know a more explosive athlete. I think the the challenge is for him going forward. And I think you know his greatest weakness, I think, is that toughness is because you know he's a guy you're going to take on a lot of people, and I don't care whether you're you know Tim Tebow, Cam Newton, you know whoever. You're still talking about eventually taking on 300-pound guys, and a lot of them. And when you throw a football, you know if your shoulders or your forearms or your hands are banged up, it's going to take effect. You're not a tailback, so I think that's one of the challenges there um, is keeping that guy healthy because he is such a weapon. I mean, I'd like to point out since, uh, and I think I pointed out on this podcast when we did our, <laughs> our our best players in college football draft about three weeks ago. Uh, and we had to take two quarterbacks on each team. 
Taysom Hill was my second pick as a quarterback uh, ahead of a lot of guys who you know people are talking about as Heisman candidates because I just think he's just a difference maker. And I also think, by the way, if I needed to, he'd be a great short yardage back. He'd be a great linebacker. I think he's one of those rare guys who probably could be an all-conference player at like five different positions, and you can't say that about hardly any other quarterbacks. Yeah, and that's the thing is he he might have a career in the NFL not playing quarterback, quite honestly, because of uh, the athletic skill set that he delivers. By the way, you stating that you picked him, you just made like a million friends on (laughs) on Twitter across BYU Sports Nation. Hey, look, I've seen the games, and I know coaches who've faced him. You know, I remember talking to one of the guys on the old Houston staff, and he was like, he is a massive problem to play against because, you know, and, and this is, a, you know, somebody else who talked about how physical the secondary that BYU had was, too, but he was just like, unless you're out on the field with him, you do not know how good of an athlete he is or how tough he is. And, again, these are coaches who face guys at the highest level all over the place. It's just, you know, here's the guy who – you know, some people don't see because he's not in the SEC or he's not in the Pac-12 or whatever. But um, you know, you talk to guys who've been on the field with him, and they come away raving. And uh, to the point where we had David Shaw, the Stanford coach, in our in our at our studio early last season, and I knew that Taysom Hill had signed there. And so I asked a little of the background just because you know it was a while ago. I want to say it's like he might have been the class of 2009, maybe. So, but he. You know, I, I think he is one of the more interesting figures in college football this year, especially to see how he does in his in his uh, in his recovery. Bruce Feldman, New York Times bestselling author, Fox Sports College Football Insider and writer, and the author of recently released the QB, the making of modern quarterbacks, joining us on BYU Sports Nation. Bruce, it's a great read. I've taken a look at it. Uh, what's the easiest way to to find that book? Uh, easiest way is just to go to the uh, to go to Amazon.com and search for the QB, or go to BruceFeldman.com, and you know you can order it either through Amazon or a bunch of different ways, or get it as well, you know it's on audiobook or however you know ebook, however anybody wants to get it. It's it's pretty easy. Just search for my name and the QB. Bruce, great to talk to you, and we hope that Taysom Hill wows you some more in the approaching 2015 season. Hey, if he's healthy, I'm sure he will. So, yeah. all right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Bruce. Bye. Good stuff from the Fox Sports College Football Insider and New York Times bestseller Bruce Feldman. And obviously he's a well-thought-out man, Michael, mm-hmm. okay? I, it's, yeah, no doubt. He does his homework. But he brought up the, the concern that we brought up. Is Taysom Hill's strength his greatest flaw? You said that exact mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. He knows his stuff. How do you take the instinct out of that? I don't know. But Taysom's definitely a modern quarterback. At least we got that. We know he's modern. Stay with us. More BYU Sports Nation after this. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Michael Alisa live from Studio B. We just talked to Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports, college football insider, everything from Big 12 expansion, why he has BYU as his fourth best fit to make that jump, to Taysom Hill as a dark horse Heisman candidate and what his biggest strength and flaw is. He says it's the same thing which is exactly what Michael mm-hmm. Elisa said. You can catch that interview on our BYU TV Sports YouTube channel or any interview for that matter on demand. Check it out. Subscribe to get all the BYU Sports Nation interviews online at YouTube.com. Okay, quickly, Michael, as you look back at the conversation we just had with Bruce Feldman, what were some of the things that stuck out to you? Out of everything, there's one thing that jumped out on me, and I just thought to myself, about time that somebody recognizes Taysom Hill as the fastest guy on the team, which he is. And I'm thankful that somebody actually 
did a little research and uh, knows that fact about Tace. Okay. Boy. Now, and but like I said, biggest strength, also his biggest weakness. He's the fastest guy, and I think that's why he will resort to that as a safety valve more often than not. I really like the response we got to the question that you asked, and that is, does does the Big Twelve have to expand? to survive. And I thought his answer on that was very candid and that is it very well could be. They they feel like if the super conferences start to happen and Jim Delaney does pull the trigger up in the Big 10 and I, I know Bruce Feldman said, well, I don't know who they'd go get to make a 16 team conference, but if that happened, isn't the Big 12, isn't the Big 12 the team that gets poached from immediately because they have the least number of teams of any Power 5 conference? Yeah. Surely yeah. that would have to be it. Okay, so yeah, there is some anxiety. And so I wonder if now that this will be expedited. I don't know if BYU is going to get the invite, but I think with the ramping up pressure from the Big 12, from the school presidents and from the athletic directors that Bob Bowlesby is now feeling, that they say, you know, maybe in three years, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see it happen in two years. And again, I don't know if BYU gets the invite, but I think they're going to expand sooner than people think. And maybe we don't get the invite, but at least this way we have a shot. That's all I ask. You're in the discussion. Yeah. yeah. You're in the discussion. Hope is still there. I'll tell you what. BYU can make a statement about where they belong in the Power 5 discussion starting on September 5th. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 67. Nice. Right on with that one. 67 days away, BYU at Nebraska to open the 2015 football season at Lincoln Memorial Stadium. By the way, Bleacher Report released an article saying BYU the fourth toughest opponent on Nebraska's schedule, ahead of six P5 opponents, and behind only Michigan State, Wisconsin, and a road game at Miami. So the funny thing is, at, at Jeff J. BYU, I love him, great, great follow on Twitter, he said, you know what? It's all right, Spencer. Nebraska might be BYU's fourth toughest opponent, too. <laughs> Which is a valid point. And yet Missouri and Boise State and UCLA on that schedule as well, yeah, not to mention yeah. Michigan. Good stuff right there. Our Twitter question today, what is the key to keeping Taysom Hill healthy in 2015? Let's get a couple of tweets. Tweet, tweet. At TX Colonel, throw more. Let these elite receivers... Show why they are elite. Less designed Taysom runs run as a backup plan. That's what Taysom told us. That's what he told us. But telling us one thing and doing another, I'll believe it when I see it come fall. Make it happen on the field. Tyler Hawes will be playing for an NBA team in the next month in the Summer League. But where? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Station, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Bleacher Report ranks BYU as Nebraska's fourth toughest opponent of 2015. That puts the Cougars higher than six Power 5 opponents on Nebraska's schedule. Cougars in the association. BYU's all-time leading scorer, Tyler Haas, confirmed to BYU Sports Nation that he will play with the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA's Summer League. The dream lives on. Baseball. Former Cougar Taylor Cole totaled seven strikeouts in 6.1 innings pitched yesterday as the New Hampshire Fisher Cats lost the Trenton Thunder. 3-1. 3-2. Softball. Gordy Bravo played her first game of the 2015 Softball World Cup for Team Mexico in a 4-0 loss to the United States. Mexico will take on Japan today. Good luck to Gordy as she moves on in that tournament. Okay. 
I can't help every time I do the whip, like we do the whip, I have to bring up the BC thing. <laughs> okay, you remember? Do you remember that? No. The Boston when you called the BC oh, lines Boston no. College. <laughs> Let's not remember that. We don't need to talk about that. We need to talk about that. Classic moment for Michael. The Boston College Canadian Pro Football. The Boston team. College. Yes. <laughs> Hey, it's all good, Austin man. Austin Collie out there in Boston College. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. I'm going to go ahead and give it to a minor league baseball pitcher, Adam Miller, in double-A ball. He's closing for his team right now. Mike Littlewood, his former coach, told us that he's throwing 98 to 100 as the closer, and he's throwing strikes that he expects him to be the quickest guy to get to the big leagues. And he might make the jump from double-A over triple-A and go right to the bigs. Wow. Wow. Well done, Adam Miller. We will keep our eyes on that. Uh, And (laughs) we will also keep our eyes on Taysom Hill. More notably, how he stays healthy in 2015. That is our Twitter question today. What is the key to keeping at T Hill underscore four healthy in 2015? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. At MJR League Mormon. Rap. T- okay. Wait, wait, wait. We already had this one. Or, or is this another? Wow, this is a second person the second saying rap guy in bubble rap. Okay, it's not the same tweet. A second person has said rap, Taysom Hill, in bubble rap. <laughs> but ultimately, it's his decision of what to do. He could throw or slide more. I think it comes down to making decisions quicker. That's number one. And that will yeah. result in less quarterback sacks, which was our point today. Less quarterback sacks. If there is a theme of less quarterback sacks, that means you're getting hit less, you're scrambling less, which means you're running less and taking less hits. It all and, starts there. And I'm fine with the jokes. I mean, I, I understand it's all in good nature, but Taysom Hill is not a fragile man by any means. If any of you get an opportunity to stand by him, you'll know that the, the guy is huge. And he, he's, he's dense, he's thick, he's strong. Taysom Hill is not fragile, and that's not the problem. He, he, he's not injury prone. The problem is he's taking way too many hits. Anybody under that type of punishment will be getting injured. Our elite tweet of the day comes from at Cox Web Dev. You like the eagle scream? <laughs> <laughs> Sacks are a result of the line not holding. Not the penalty, but actually like holding off the defenders. If our line holds, Taysom will have a better chance of staying healthy. Less quarterback sacks. I'm telling you, that is that is the first in a row of dominoes. Less sacks. Thanks to Mike Littlewood, Fox Sports' Bruce Feldman, and Michael Elisa for joining me in studio today. We're back to work.